0: I'm Jess McCauley. I am a theater artist and producer, as well as an introvert.
1: I'm Phil Rickaby, and I'm a writer and performer, and I also am an introvert. And this is The Introvert's Guide, too.
0: get started, why don't we tell you how you can get a hold of us? You can find us on Twitter at introvertguide two and that's the number two. And you can find us on the website at introvertsguide2.com. If you have a question you want us to answer, or you want to give feedback about the show, you can reach us at introvertsguide to stuff at gmail.com. Remember, we may use your questions or comments on an upcoming episode of the Introverts Guide Two.
1: Tell me tell me tell me about the issue.
0: It's kind of like one of those nightmares where it's the classic, you're standing in front of everybody with no pants on. It's like that with being the center of attention. You know that all of these eyes are on you and they are there for you. You know that all those conversations are coming up. There's people maybe you just don't know how to interact with. You start suddenly start to feel a little awkward. That's my nightmare. And... I'm planning a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing myself into this fire. How do you feel about being the center of attention, Phil? Well,
1: what's, what's funny is that I I kind of have, I don't have the issue with it that you do. What? Um, I know, I know, I know. It's weird. But I, I actually don't, it doesn't bother me in the same way. I can very comfortably... Uh, get up in front of a bunch of people. I've hosted a couple of of talks at work where uh, I get up and I've hosted, we've had like these mini conferences at work and I've hosted that. And um, I don't have a problem doing that.
0: That's amazing. I applaud you for that. Like I'm, I'm already terrified with the fact that I will be walking down an aisle and there will be people standing up. To see what dress I am wearing, that freaks me right out. I
1: mean, that's a big deal. That's a big. I mean, the so weddings are their own thing as it is. There, that's a, like a huge thing. But to be the bride, which is the center of attention, and to know, and I, I'm just trying to picture like your sense of like before it even starts because you're going to be standing outside. A door waiting for somebody to say, okay, go.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah.
1: And then knowing that as soon as you walk in, everybody turns to look at you.
0: Oh my gosh. Like I already feel like the blushing pride right now. Like <laughs> I'm going so red. Like, you know, I remember I was 21 and had a surprise birthday party like thrown for me. And there was like a confetti bomb. And I had like pink feather boas thrown at me and it was already traumatizing to have to go head first willingly into this. I I don't know. A lot of people tell me you don't have to have a big wedding, but when you have a big family, you don't get an option in this. So Mm. I, I need some help guys. Can I, can I ask you about that surprise party?
1: Were you unaware that it was going to be so uncomfortable or did you know, like as soon as you walked in and everybody shouted surprise and, uh, uh, did you automatically just want to run? Like, did you know they should have known that I wasn't going to be good with this.
0: (laughs) I wanted to, but then I I would have felt so bad because everyone looks so happy. Like, we got you. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. But, wow, I did not expect this at all. And it wouldn't have bothered me so much. It's just for the fact that you get passed around a room and mm-hmm. everybody asks the exact same question. Sure. Do you see it coming? Like, no, Sharon, I did not want a confetti bomb in my face today. But it, <laughs> here we are. they
1: have known better
0: you know what i i'm one of those people that i kind of surprise people when i tell them i'm an introvert so i feel like their intentions were good and Mm -hmm. they just i i have some i'm not gonna lie i have some funny reactions so i probably looked extremely awkward with like having an explosion (laughs) in my face so that was probably worthwhile for everybody have you ever had a surprise party
1: Sort of. I mean, it was my birthday after I moved away from Ajax to Mississauga uh, for just before, like once I finished high school, my dad was, um, he was an Anglican priest and being installed in in his first church in Mississauga. And so I moved with them. I was only going to be there for uh, a few months um, because I was going away to school in September, Mm -hmm. Um, but I was kind of miserable. Um, I'd left all of my friends behind in Ajax and was really, uh, yeah, I was pretty miserable. And then, so I spent all of my time up in my room trying to be creative and write. And uh, my friends successfully arrived at my house, went down into the basement,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Threw me a Rocky Horror Picture Show party.
0: Oh, that's so cool!
1: Uh, my parents managed to coax me down from my from my bedroom, and I went downstairs. And uh, the time warp started to play, and somebody shouted, "Your riff!" And uh, uh, suddenly, like I, I was there among all my friends. So that was awesome. And I think because of the fact that I had been so miserable and missing these people up until that point. Um, there was no, there was never any even thought that I was going to be uncomfortable. I'm trying to remember if I was ever uncomfortable with attention when I was a kid. And I don't recall a time that I was.
0: I don't, you know what? There's a lot of, (laughs) there's a lot of home videos of me kind of being the center of attention, I absolutely loved it. But the second my family would point it out, so I just kind of withdrew a little bit. I did not like it. Like if I made a joke and people started laughing, I I didn't want them to laugh anymore. I was like, that's it, I'm done. I'm leaving and like stormed off. I just Really? Yeah, I couldn't make up my mind, but I it, I think I just got really embarrassed easily and I plus I'm a redhead. It's very easy to see me blush Mm. i mean a gentle breeze will go by and i'll blush so the fact that people keep pointing it pointing it out to me i think that's what throws me off i become a little too self-aware and that's the thing with being the center of attention i'm very self-aware and i'm already aware that i am an awkward human being
1: are you a person who blushes as soon as you realize that eyes are on you yep
0: oh yeah Oh yeah! As soon as like someone looks at me and says something, like my I can feel my face go red, and then they're looking at me, going like, "Oh, your face is going real red, eh?" Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, don't say.
1: <laughs> I have a question. Oh, okay, and because as a performer, mm-hmm. part of your job is to get up on stage and have people look at you, and what's more is you're preparing to do a solo show that's based on you. Mm-hmm. How is that different from say, uh, walking into the room at your venue for your wedding?
0: Oh, easy. Um, one of them is performative. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have, I have a script. Uh, there's an unspoken contract between me and the audience. Um, there's that liminal experience of being in this room together in the act of witnessing. I, I'm personally inviting these people into my space and to hear my story and it's on my terms. Uh, when it comes to, let's say the wedding, because it's very relevant, Mm. it's, it's purely me and there is no script. It's very much a milestone in my life. It's a common milestone and it's something that's widely celebrated um, in our Western culture. So I think it's just one of them is a cultural event and Mm -hmm. it usually involves big groups and it it usually involves, uh, usually involves two people and for me, that's unsettling. Whereas performance, I have that separation. That fourth wall is my best friend. Mm. Um, though my show is directly addressing the audience and, you know, not to say it's interactive, but if people were to talk, I can kind of go with it. I, I, have, um, I have a little bit of wit to me that I can address it, but move on with the performance. Whereas when it's real life, mm-hmm. I can't I can't do it. It's suddenly just the real Jess comes out. Hmm. Yeah. Like, what about you though? Because you because you can actually be in the center of attention, how do you navigate that? To me, that's just, that's incredible that you can do that. Not to say like, I can't public speak, I can do it. But for someone that can just easily do it, it's, it's mind boggling to me.
1: For all of my awkwardness in large groups, I think I've always had the feeling that when, if, if a group of people are looking at me and all eyes are on me, that somehow I can take control of that room, mm. which is kind of like from the actor's toolkit. Like I I know that I have uh, the presence and the, the wherewithal. I can make my, I can sort of impose my will on the group of people to some extent, so I can take them with me. Mm. I am usually prepared though mm-hmm. for those sorts of things. Uh, I, I will have some semblance of a script where which even if it's like point form notes, but uh, I for those sorts of things I rarely rehearse them. Mm-hmm. I just I just have them. but it's it's interesting because I <laughs> I crave those eyes uh, on me. I crave the attention and I always have. but I just don't want to talk to those people after. Wow. What's funny is that like I will have – like we recently did this thing at work and it was like this mini conference and I was emceeing the whole thing, keeping it moving and, and, you know, I had some banter and all this stuff and, you know, uh, all eyes on me. And then um, afterward as the thing ends and people want to compliment me, that's when I get super awkward.
0: Yeah, accolades. It's kind of like whenever you're done – like, you know, whenever you're done the show and people want to come up and talk to you and do the, oh, you're really good. I really enjoyed the show. I freeze up.
1: Oh, absolutely. I do too. It's the same sort of thing. Like I I really don't know how to deal with that.
0: Mhm. Strange in the actors' world, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I I don't think we're alone in that. Um it, it's it's kind of strange because if you're in in Canadian theater, we or or most indie theater a lot of times the people who hang out after a show, those are your friends or people who were really impressed by the show. Mm -hmm. And the important thing I think to remember is that is, is that they just want some further connection Mm -hmm. with you. I had to practice a lot to be able to just say, thank you.
0: Yeah. Taking a compliment is, is not easy sometimes, especially when it's caught off guard. Yeah. So definitely planning how to say thank you and, You know, I actually, I second guess myself and when Mm -hmm. I go to practice, I'll be like, wow, that didn't, that sounded kind of cocky. And then I'll keep thinking about how can I make this sound more humble?
1: And it's one of those things that's, that's like, that's like in, in the world that we work in. And I think it just comes down to remembering. And this is something that I had to work at because I can remember going to see show, like going, being part of shows and then afterwards, if people wanted to compliment me, I just wanted to crawl under a rock.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: So it's like I'm when I'm on stage and in control, I uh, I have no problem. If I then after the show am faced with a group of people who want to compliment me, that's when I want to crawl under a rock.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember doing uh it's funny. I actually do remember doing the Rocky Horror Show and uh, one of the shows I was an usher. And it it was easy interacting hmm. with so many people, but again, you have that separation Mm -hmm. it's understood that this is a character you're talking to and i think that's what gave that little bits of enjoyment to me is feeling the confidence in socializing Mm -hmm. as this character i think maybe i should carry that with me on my wedding day well i think you're (laughs) gonna
1: have to because i honestly i actually think i mean when you say there's no script think about the fact that there is especially Mm -hmm. for a wedding um the the service is completely scripted. The the service is scripted. The pr- the priest is actually going to tell you the things that they're going to say. You have line, and then even after the service, you're going to go out for photographs, and that's that's fine because it's going to be you and a few people and, and whatever. And then when you go to the reception, there are certain things, and you can consider that a script too.
0: Especially the receiving line, right? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you've got this long lineup of all your guests coming to say. You know, you're giving your thanks to them for coming. You're welcoming them into the um, reception hall. They're waiting to drop off gifts. So that's definitely an opportunity to script. I mean, given it's like small talk, I'm going to have to be prepared to say thank you the same time a few times, right? And remember that people are probably
1: going to say over and over basically the same thing.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. They're going to say,
1: I'm so happy for you. They're going to say, you look lovely, or some variation of that. I love your dress, whatever. The same thing mm-hmm. is going to
0: happen. Yeah, I'm thankful there's an open bar, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I'll be honest, when I did go to the internet, it completely failed me. Uh, as per usual, it was actually hard to find a lot of material that focused on introverts being the center of attention. It was more so a huge collection of this is why you shouldn't let introverts be the center of attention. And to me, that's not a, that's not a great way of putting it. Um, there's many reasons why an introvert would be a center of attention. I think the difference would be is let's not purposefully put them in a situation where they are not Mm -hmm. prepared and it's awkward. And in some cases, it might be humiliating. Yeah. So I think that's where I had to draw the line. I did find one, uh, one introverter. His name is Andy Mort. Mm-hmm. And he had this fantastic advice. And it was realistic. It, one of the One thing he goes to say is, these moments feel uncomfortable, but we don't get put out there out of malice. It's because people love you want you to succeed or be encouraged and want you to have the opportunity to share yourself and your gifts with others and vice versa. Uh, And they want people to have an opportunity to experience you and your gifts. That is a really great reminder when you are in the center of attention, even if it might be at your expense, you know, it's all in good fun if it was to happen, right? And I, I kind of want to carry that with mm. me because I remind myself of that, but that's just a nice in stone way to remember it. The words are just nice. What do you think, Phil?
1: I would agree with that. I mean, I did a little bit of research myself. I mean, knowing that we were going into mm-hmm. this, I tried to find something helpful on the internet. And I found basically what you mm-hmm. found. I found uh, a lot of articles that, that said, you should never put an introvert at the center of attention. Or an article mm-hmm. that said, you know, um, this, this one mother who's like, I have an introvert child. And, um, I realized that I was basically torturing my child by, by making them the center of attention, but so little about, um, help. Yeah. So little. I mean, this is the one aspect where I haven't been able to find even bad advice about, about coping mechanisms. And I do, I do like what Andy Mort says there. Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is an important thing to remember is that when these things are happening, for the most part, taking out of the equation those awkward moments that are always in every teen movie, teen, teen comedy in, in the movies or whatever, where somebody gets mortified or whatever. But usually these moments like, like surprise parties and weddings and everybody is there because they do love you um, and they are mm-hmm. wanting to show you that. That's why they're there. They came to your surprise party because they love you. They came to your wedding because they love you. And uh, that I think is the most important thing to keep in mind. And I guess if, we, if, if you can keep that in mind, you may be on your way to finding uh, a way to get through it.
0: Yeah, I, instead of putting my running shoes on underneath my dress, right? And it's a better piece of advice than the runaway bride. I mean, you're probably more
1: comfortable with your, with your, shoe, with your running shoes on. but That's uh, given.
0: But maybe not so fashionably in there, you know?
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: Yeah. But, you know, I, it's funny because where the internet failed in that area, I, I shifted the search to more of a shy person's take. So a shy person, they don't necessarily have to be an introvert to be shy. You can be an extrovert and be shy. So I thought maybe that search would have a little bit more luck, and and it did. Well, that's good. I mean, one of
1: the things that that I think we've seen in some of the advice um, that we've seen about parties and things like that is that when people try to talk who aren't introverts Mm – try to give advice to introverts. They do make the mistake by sort of assuming that the introvert's problem is that they are shy.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, which is not the case. Shy and introverted is, this, is, is very different. Mm-hmm. But did you find uh, when you looked for like shyness that way, did you f- actually find helpful things?
0: Yeah, actually, there's one in here. There's um, one article, The Shy Person's Guide to Being the Center of Attention. And one of the pieces was find an anxiety anchor. So one of the most effective ways to ease your nerves is to pinpoint an anchor in the crowd. So in my case, it would be my husband at the wedding. Being the extrovert, you know, he could take over for me or um, at, I could even go to like my maid of honor, which is my sister, and go to her and just stand near her, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, that, I mean, that's pretty legit. It's kind of mm-hmm. like when we, uh, oh, on our networking podcast, we talk about bringing somebody Mm -hmm. having someone there with you. The article actually goes on to say, even for things that are supposed to be more off the cuff, say thanking guests for coming to a party you've hosted, it can help to think ahead of uh, time about the details, what you want to say, when you want to say, it, even where you plan to stand. So like we said, having those bits rehearsed was definitely... A saving grace to that, mm. knowing that I have an anchor, right? Yeah. So an anchor in the plan of events would absolutely help for sure. Mm. Mm. And then, of course, there was the turn anxiety into excitement. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, okay. Sure, just
1: like flip that switch.
0: Yeah, exactly. That was one part that I didn't like. It, it, <laughs> I mean, for anyone that faces a social anxiety, that's rather ableist mm. <laughs> to say. I don't know. It can't really be conducive because sometimes I feel my anxiety overlaps into excitement. Um, Excitement for me means a bit of nausea Mm. and it can mean sweaty palms. And I start to stumble over my words. I don't know where to focus. So Mm -hmm. they overlap and I actually can't tell the difference between the two. So that's kind of difficult. Now, to keep it relevant, did find the shy bride's guide. And I was a little disappointed because a lot of the advice was opt for a smaller wedding.
1: (laughs) Just like change the size of your family, would you?
0: I know. I mean, I've got family in Ireland and England. They're across Canada. And then we've got my, like my fiance's family. I mean, Mm. you can't just cut people out of your wedding. No, I, I would have so many angry relatives at me. And if I said, well, it's because I'm kind of shy. Are you kidding me?
1: You know, what's interesting is I have some friends who they got married last summer. You know, they they ended up and they caused some controversy um, because their thing was that they didn't want to invite somebody if so on the other side of the family, if they could not identify the partner. So if they were like, you know, my friend Jessica was like, if they, can't pick, if they can't pick Chris out of a lineup, they have no business coming. Oh, And so they used sort of that as their barometer for uh, cutting people from the wedding, just to keep costs down and to keep the wedding uh, as, as, as small as possible. But that's not an option in all families. That's right. And you have to, you have to be able to, to, if you do that, like I said, it can be controversial.
0: Oh, for sure. And I mean, I have an Irish family. We're pretty close, right? So you definitely don't have the option. And when you have families where it's, it's a huge cultural phenomenon, it's an absolute no-no. You can't mm. cut people, right? No. But then this article goes on to say, don't do a solo first dance. Hmm. Okay, that's true. You don't have to have the first dance. Mm-hmm. But what if you don't want to lose out on that opportunity?
1: Well, well that is the thing, is that that's... That is a moment that people really love, oh. and the the so the storyteller in me mm-hmm. would not want to deprive my audience of that moment because it is something that they are that they are looking for. Now, one thing that I have seen at a, at a wedding before that what they did was instead of like doing a whole song by themselves, which granted is a long time. Mm-hmm. What they did was they had a certain amount of time in the song that was just the two of them. Mm. And then they had the wedding party join in.
0: Oh, that is nice.
1: Um, and so what they managed to do with that was have the moment where they could get the photographer in and get, get you know, pictures and have everybody have the opportunity of watching them do their first dance. But then they had the, the, the party jump in. And at the same time, what they did was each of them then broke off and danced. She danced with her father. He danced with his mother. So Mm -hmm. instead of like stretching the whole thing out, um, they really just sort of like managed to find a song that would let them sort of get all of the opportunities in there.
0: And that, you know what? That's just it. I purposely picked a short song because of that reason. I... I find it awkward when people... Like I've been to weddings where their first dance is like five minutes. You, you don't need five minutes on the dance floor for yourself. Some people do, but a whole song sometimes can feel a little laborious. But that's just me.
1: I think that that's... Like when somebody has a song for the first dance that lasts for five minutes, you are basically wanting to monopolize, monopolize your guest's time in a way that I think is unfair.
0: I think so, (laughs) Um, absolutely.
1: You're saying you are all now going to stand, because people stand, Mm -hmm. and you're going to watch us dance for five minutes.
0: And do nothing else,
1: please, but pay attention to us, as though you haven't (laughs) paid attention to them enough today.
0: The worst is when they don't even choreograph it. It really is just them in a circle, just going around and around. And oh, when they're just um, like
1: when they're just like doing the same kind of thing you were doing in high school, except maybe closer to each other.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just doing the,
1: the back and forth, uh, <laughs> foot to foot sort of thing doesn't even look good. I look, I I do think that if you're going to do uh, a dance again, script it.
0: Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're choreographing our first dance so we can give them something. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And yes. our, It's only a two and a half minute song. It's choreographed. We're going to have, like, I've planned this whole thing out. Listen, I may not want to be center of attention, but I have been dreaming of this wedding since I was mm. little. And to have someone that I actually want to spend the rest of my life with, this mm. dance is going to be Perfect. I am excited. I've got like fog going and lights. It's going to be great.
1: <laughs> the wedding is on your mind because that's the, the big thing. But there's there's more to like being the center of attention than just than, than weddings. I mean, uh, whether it's having to give a speech, whether it's even being given an award if you're like – Uh, You have to get up and like, even if you're not expected to give a speech, to accept the award, to stand there and know that everybody is looking at you. Those are other other little examples of like how this can be super awkward.
0: But you know what? Where the internet failed, our faithful listeners have been pretty fantastic and given some great advice.
1: Okay, what do we got?
0: Well, my friend uh, Stephen Holmes says... I'd probably try to be around the people I'm most comfortable with to allow myself to get more comfortable. I'd probably also find moments to disappear if I need a moment to myself, aka spend lots of time in the bathroom. Hmm. The bathroom, much like going to a party, is is a good place just to breathe for a minute. Mm -hmm. Unless it's late into the night when people are, let's say it's an event where there is alcohol. Yeah. Then that's when people congregate and make friends. So sometimes going outside for me to get fresh air is where people are just outside to have a smoke, then they're going back in, that's it. So I would take yeah. outside over the bathroom.
1: Mm. One thing that, that, that I would say about your wedding is, is uh, you have bridesmaids, yes. I assume? You need to make them complicit in your escape route for having your quiet uh, time. That's fair. Um, you need to be able to be like, guys, if I squeeze your hand three times, we need to go to the washroom. and You guys have to help me get there (laughs) as quickly as possible. Because, you know, when you are the center of attention at a wedding and you're the bride, you are the most conspicuous person in the room. Oh,
0: gosh, yeah. People can spot you a mile away, right?
1: Yep, yep. And they are not going to let you just walk out of that room really easily. And
0: and see, that's the thing. I, I shopped around for a venue specifically with a green room. I am Mm, not kidding. This thing's got a little private room just for the bridal party to go to. And guaranteeing my bridal party would be out on the dance floor. So I know I have this room to myself when I need it. All right. Our next friend, Seb, says, believe in what you're saying and be excited by it. At the end of the day, communication is about sharing, and the key is reducing the concept of an audience into a single person and just explain to that person as if you were talking to yourself. That is pretty good advice. I mean, that's I mean, that's
1: an example of of scripting what you can. Yeah. Right?
0: It, it's kind of it's kind of like when when we talk about dating. We talk about how mm-hmm. we're talking to these people if they're fit for us. When we go yes. to talk about public speaking, you're talking to them as if you're talking to yourself and getting excited by the content to which you're saying. And that can be a saving grace for a lot of people that can't speak very well in front of an audience. So, yes, absolutely. It works very well. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that's
1: like, that sort of like ties into the whole, like a lot of times when we are forced to be the center of attention there's some kind of presentation mm-hmm. and cause I know, I know lots of people like at work. Um, There've been people who have been told, okay, so uh, we need you to give a presentation on that topic. And they're like, Oh my God, I want to die <laughs> because they are number one, not performers. And number two, they have that issue with being the center of attention mm-hmm. at that point, knowing that if you know what you're going to say and treat it like a script, then maybe that makes it a little bit easier.
0: For sure. Chrissy Newman gives more spiritual advice and says, sink your roots deep into the earth. Ask for strength and positivity. Balance yourself and stay present. No drama, no old stories, just be. That's a good good mantra for just taking a deep breath in and coming back down just to ground yourself, right?
1: As As a person who... Uh, tends to be skeptical of things that are a little bit woo-woo. <laughs> that does not resonate for me at all.
0: Not at all, eh?
1: that for me, that sounds so uh
0: like you could go to um oh my gosh, Hallmark and see it on a card.
1: Yes. but you know even even worse than, than that, it's like not just it's not hallmarky. It just assumes that everybody is capable of doing that. Mm. which if you are feeling anxiety, you may not be able to. Yes. I mean, if you find it helpful, and some people may find that helpful, I don't want to shit on, your, on you finding that as good advice. That just doesn't resonate for me.
0: That's fair. Hey, that's fair. Ebe says, I tend to ask people questions that encourage them to talk about themselves with the aim of knowing everything they've ever done, everything they like to eat, every thought they've ever had in order to turn the attention back to someone else. I f- I think that might be a little tricky with the fact that everybody is there to celebrate you mm. because people are very quick to see what you're doing.
1: I mean, it does. Here, Here's where I see it as helpful. It's helpful for the introvert at their wedding mm-hmm. and it's helpful for the introvert at, uh, say, a surprise party because mm. at some point you are going to have to go and speak to people. Right. At some weddings, the bride and groom make the rounds of the the tables during dinner.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you have to figure out, like, what are you going to say? Um, maybe you're just there to let everybody tell you how good you look or whatever. But, I mean, you need to be able to figure out, like, to say hello and, and know what you want to say. Similarly, if you're at if, – if there is, a, uh, like, a surprise party in your honor or a party at all in your honor at some point – you need to talk to people, and so That's this right. advice to be able to uh, go around and, and to be able to, to you know, ask people questions themselves, give people a piece of you by asking about them. Can we just say that if if you are listening to this and you are not an introvert and you're thinking about throwing a party for your, the introvert in your life um, maybe, maybe think about whether they like that or not mm. don't assume that just because you will like it that they will as well you need, really need to be, to be sure that you're being uh, sensitive to that so that's mm-hmm. advice that I would give to anybody who, is, who loves an introvert and is thinking about throwing them a party Think about the kind of party that they would like, not necessarily the kind of party that you want to throw for them.
0: Yeah. And if like the aim is like, let's say you're like best friends with this introvert and the aim is to humiliate them. Then pick the friends wisely, Mm -hmm. pick the size of the group wisely and remember where the line is. Mm -hmm. Because doing it out in public maybe isn't the greatest idea. Like mine was in public. Mine was at a bar. Um, and the group was rather big, so it it was a little out there for me, plus it was a karaoke bar, and there were just, the general public was there, so not the best setting for me, but if you know that introvert would be okay with a surprise party, maybe make it a little bit more intimate.
1: Yeah, 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 like at somebody's house, a house where they're comfortable.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, a house they're familiar Mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. they know where they are, Yeah. yeah. My, however, given, let's assume that it's you know, we know when the event is coming, spend a few days charging up for that. I like to, when I know I've got somewhere to go where I, I might be the center of attention, I like to take a few days before to do what I want. So that involves like having my coffee in the morning, maybe avoiding social media for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, personally, for me, I, I do enjoy um, oils. So I I get oils all the time. I love having a bath with like some frankincense in there. Mm -hmm. Self-care is totally my priority when it comes to a big event like that. And also just remembering that when I do get to this event, don't make it so performative. Remember that you can rehearse what you're going to say and and have that anchor in it, but don't put a face on that's so fake because Mm -hmm. it, she, it might, it'll distance you from everybody else, but it's also tiring. It's more exhaustive that way.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, knowing what you're going to do is great. Just don't script it so much that you become someone else in that case.
1: I have a tip that as, as somebody who like doesn't have a problem with that, but if, if let's say that, you know, because you're supposedly you don't know when there's a surprise party coming, mm-hmm. but We do tend to throw surprise parties at certain milestone events, birthdays at people in people's lives. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have a milestone birthday on the horizon and you would not be comfortable with a surprise party, drop hints about that fact or come out and say to your friends, guys, if you are thinking about throwing a surprise party for say my 30th birthday or my 40th birthday, please Please don't.
0: And listen to them.
1: Yes. If like, listen to your person because if they're telling you, please don't throw me a surprise party, they're not doing it because they're, 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 Oh, they'll love it when it happens. No, they are absolutely telling you that they do not want a surprise party. Yes. Do you have suggestions on how people can, can deal with that? What's our, what are our takeaways from today?
0: Oh my gosh. I, you know, as as a survivor of the party that, that, We didn't want. You have to remember that they absolutely love you. They didn't want you upset. Nobody wants you upset. at your birthday. Just take it in strides and listen to our party episode. (laughs) Take in the room.
1: But what are your, what are your, I mean, you have, you have some, some, some thoughts.
0: I feel a little less nervous Mm. about my wedding. I do. There's a few times where I'm going to get a little anxious and I'm going to want to read over that in the guest list and I'm going to want to shrink it down, but I have to remember that these are people that love me, and this is a big moment in my life. It's a new chapter um I'm legally binding myself to somebody mm-hmm. that's not something to get scared of no i'm exactly I'm not scared and for me, actually, Phil, it's a very good point that you brought out, which is you can have a fourth wall in a sense that you can plan what you're going to do. It's all kind of scripted. There's a program to the night. Mm-hmm. And taking solace in that, that it's not on me to create an entire night and entertain these people is another saving grace for me. So I feel better knowing that the night has an agenda.
1: I mean, knowing that there are certain things that – that, that- and I mean it's easy as somebody who is a, a theatrical person, a storyteller a writer that you want to entertain in some cases, yeah. but to be honest, at your wedding, people are not actually there to be entertained
0: it, it just kind of happens right I mean they've got their they've got a bar mm-hmm. um, they've got music going they'll find ways to entertain mm-hmm. themselves that's just the mark of a yeah. good wedding right and especially yeah. where you put people when they sit together, you know you place them strategically. That's right. You're there at your wedding to enjoy yourself. It's a party and that's it.
1: This is, I mean, for you, this is a big deal and you could get all Mm -hmm. caught up in, in anxiety about it. Um, but if you can find a way to enjoy it, like this is a thing that you'll hopefully look back on and be like, that was really a wonderful day.
0: And that's what everybody says. A a lot of married couples tell the exact same thing. You will never forget this day. It will be the best day of your life. And that comes from a lot of people that don't like to be the center of Mm. attention. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful day and it's, it's a romantic one. Don't lose the romance in it. Uh, For me, who's, I'm not a very romantic person, but knowing that I'm binding myself to this man is the greatest feeling.
1: And I guess, I guess one of the things about it is that, is that, um it would be really easy to rob the enjoyment from yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I don't yeah, that's a good way to put it. I don't want to rob yeah. myself of this moment. You only get one in most mm-hmm. cases, right?
1: And you yeah. want it to be a thing that, that you look back on and that you're not looking back on and on, on with any kind of regret about things that you said, or maybe you were, you didn't talk to as many people as you wanted. And that does come back to prep, um, to preparing mm-hmm. for the day and, you know, look at your outline and treat it because mm-hmm. the service has an outline, the reception has an outline, everything has an outline and you get to set that. You know, mm-hmm. you get to decide what that day looks like. Now, in the case of a of a, say a surprise party or something like that, you don't have that kind of control um, if you're getting an award or things like that. Like there are things that you can't control. But with your wedding, you have a lot of control over it.
0: That's right. I have the power.
1: You do have the power and you don't even need Castle Grayskull to do it.